emanating from www.michaelnimmons.com. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. This is Michael Eric Dyson. This is Rochelle Riley, straight out of Detroit. This is Dr. Victoria Dooley at Dr. Dooley MD. Well, everybody, it's your boy, comedian Jay Stevens. This is Frederick D. Haynes III. I am Justin Coates, an author and anti-bullying activist. I am Pam Perry. Hey, everybody, this is Rochelle V. Mann, CEO of Man Made Productions. This is Bree Diane, international evangelist. Hey, this is Candace Pretty Strange Smith. And what's up? This is Ty Scott King. I was cracking Planet Earth. It's your boy Griff, comedian, author, motivational speaker, entrepreneur, philanthropist, but a Jesus Christ lover. You understand me? And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud Radio with my homeboy, Mike Nemes. Check him out right here. Go ahead, Mike. Give him that good, good. I want you to give a warm Thinking Out Loud Radio show welcome to Emmy Award winning WXYZ Channel 7 anchor woman and new friend of the show, Miss Carolyn Clifford. Well, thank you, Michael, and what a nice introduction. So happy to be here. You know what I've got to do. i got to check out my man, Michael Nimmons, who is handling his business as he drops that knowledge. I like that because Frederick Douglass, for whom I'm named, says that knowledge unfits us for slavery. Truth sets us free. If you want to be free, you want to be like Mike. Check out best radio show online. You're locked in right now to our listening. You're tuned into the and without thinking about it, guess what? I'm thinking out loud right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And if you want to stay in the know, you better be listening to Thinking Out Loud radio show. Check out Thinking Out Loud. Thinking Out Loud radio show. <laughs> Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Don't you dare touch that dial. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show with Michael Newman. Featuring author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Newman's. discussion of when they see us with attorney and pastor Boyd White. We to have my good friend, attorney and pastor Boyd White on the line with us on tonight as we endeavor to get into what I think will be a great discussion about director Ava DuVernay's powerful docuseries entitled When They See Us. Catch it on iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Spotify. One of my good friends who I referenced a couple times tonight, his name is uh, Mike Carter. He is a very prominent and excellent criminal defense attorney. Um, he deals with these issues every day as a, as a lawyer. Um, I remember reaching out to him like, you know, have you watched it? And he said, I, I can't. I just can't do it. And, and I, that was my first 
impulse to turn the TV off, almost to, to throw it up, to regurgitate it. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. Congratulations to Pastor Michael Nimmons and the Thinking Out Loud radio show for over 10,000 streams and downloads. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify, and now available at michaelnimmons.com. The Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I'm your host, author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nemens. And you're tuned in to the show. It's giving voice to issues that matter to you. And we're just so thrilled and excited that you've tuned in uh, to tonight's show. We're going to be giving you the conclusion of our conversation about uh, the Emmy-nominated uh, docu-series on Netflix entitled When They See Us. That's right. This docu-series has now received 16 Emmy nominations. And I said that uh, on last week and even wrote it in our blog that every actor, including the director, director Ava DuVernay, deserves some type of um, uh, official recognition for uh, this this powerful docu series, and uh, they certainly have done that. Uh, Emmy nominated sixteen Emmy nominations, uh, just tremendous, 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 and uh, congratulations to them on the Emmy nod. And uh, we're going to be keeping our fingers crossed. We certainly believe uh, that this docu series is worthy of um, of the accolades it is receiving. But on tonight, we're going to be uh, giving you the conclusion of our conversation that we had with my good friend, attorney and pastor Boyd White. And we're going to be uh, talking about uh, some solutions and takeaways uh, from this uh, powerful docuseries uh, entitled When They See Us. On last week, we talked about uh, the problem of police brutality. We talked about uh, some of the other problems that uh, surround uh, this particular docuseries, When They See Us, and, you know, how these young boys were uh, profiled and uh, how they were uh, falsely accused of this uh, rape of a white jogger uh, some 30 years ago and uh, they were thrown into prison and you know Corey Wise was uh, actually sent to an adult prison at Rikers Island at 16 years old and um, we all you know we know um, <clears throat> what happened to him and uh, the other four uh, young men that were uh, falsely accused of this, uh, the rape of this white jogger. And 
we know how everything ended. They uh, were ultimately exonerated because of DNA evidence proving they had nothing to do with this, um, with the rape of the white jogger. And the 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 they were released from prison and uh, settled with the state of New York uh, in the a whopping tune of fourteen point one million dollars that they uh, shared amongst themselves. But we're going to get into more of that uh, during tonight's show. And I'm again very happy that you tuned in and I hope you enjoyed part one of our conversation. If you happen to have missed that part, you can always go back and listen to it on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, and now even at michaelnimmons.com. That's right. Uh, it's also available on some other podcasting networks that are out there as well. Uh, but again, you can always listen to it from any of the major podcasting networks. And of course, at michaelnimmons.com. Just go to the homepage and click the podcast button. It'll take you to the page where you'll be able to listen to all of our over 100 or so uh, podcasts that we've done uh, over these. Uh, past two years. In fact, we'll be celebrating our two-year anniversary in just a couple weeks, the first week in August to be exact. And we already have a very special guest uh, for that show uh, in the person of meteorologist Denise Isaac uh, from NBC10 Boston. That's right. She was previously on WXYZ Channel 7 uh, but she is now on NBC 10 Boston doing a tremendous job. And uh, we can't wait to share this interview with you, with you, our listeners of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. She was on uh, one of the first uh, journalists and uh, the only meteorologist that we've ever interviewed on the show two years ago. And uh, now uh, she is with another station in Boston and we'll be very happy and pleased to share this interview with you Tuesday, August 6th at 8 p.m. That's right. We'll be celebrating our two year anniversary of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Speaking of milestones and accomplishments, we're so happy to announce that we have recently crossed the 20,000 streams and downloads threshold with the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We're just so very excited and happy to share this news with you. And we could not have done it without you. Thank you so very much for taking time out of your schedule to listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, 8 p.m. on Tuesday and 8 a.m. on Wednesday. And, of course, you can listen to the podcast at your leisure. It's on demand. You don't have to listen at 8 o'clock, and many of you don't. We've seen our numbers reflect that as we go throughout the week. So we thank you. Uh, the listeners of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, whether you were listening uh, on day one, uh, August uh, 7th, I believe, of 2017, or you're this is the first time you're listening to our show. We thank you so very much for taking the time to click that uh, podcast link and listen to the show. And we hope you'll do us a favor and click the subscribe button. That way you won't miss an episode of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Every time a new show uh, is, is uploaded, it downloads directly to your phone. 
phone, your tablet, or wherever you listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And also do us a favor, rate, review, and subscribe, and share the links and posts uh, of the Thinking Out Loud radio show on your social media platforms. We would truly appreciate it. What it does is helps us to increase our exposure on the World Wide Web. We thank you so much uh, because we know uh, that you're going to uh, help us uh, continue to get the message out about the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And we truly, truly appreciate it. And of course, as we conclude our conversation uh, discussing when they see us, we're also going to be talking about what you're thinking about in our What Are You Thinking About segment, discussing a few hot topics uh, for the week, including what the crisis manager who's representing R. Kelly had to say to Gail King. You don't want to miss these comments, <laughs> these shocking revelations and comments that this crisis manager made to Gail King in an interview. We'll be sharing with you uh, those thoughts during our What Are You Thinking About segment. Also, we're going to be talking about what Huggies just did. The first time they've ever did this in a celebration of black fathers in the history of their company. What a tremendous uh, thing they've done. I can't wait to share that with you in just a few minutes. Rounding out this segment Talking about what you're thinking about, we're going to be sharing with you some news about the upcoming presidential forum that's taking place at Cobo Hall in Detroit, Michigan, sponsored by the NAACP. Uh, the NAACP convention is convening right now, uh, the um, the 18th through the 24th, I believe, right here in Detroit, Michigan, at Cobo Hall. A lot of activities and events that were going on and culminating with the presidential forum. Uh, that's taking place on Wednesday, uh, July the 24th. It's going to be a big event. want to give you more details about that during our What Are You Thinking About segment. Plus, we've got a dynamic thought of the week in store for you. Uh, we uh, have some insights and takeaways from our uh, conversation about the docuseries when they see us uh, on a personal level. We want to share with you uh, our listeners of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. So as I said, guys, we've got a great show in store for you on tonight. With all that being said, let's get to it. You is live. A sea of race fists and silence. 2020 fight is getting very real. Democrats jumping in, speaking out. Jussie Smollett. A month ago, few people knew who he was. You're watching The Breakfast Club. If you take it all into consideration, Stephen A. Listen, the argument that where, where you absolutely disgust me. A dilemma right now. How you feeling? Better than I deserve. You feel better today? I'm getting there. Yeah. What are you thinking about? What's up, everybody? This is the July 23rd edition of the What Are You Thinking About segment where we talk about everything that you're thinking about. And we start this segment off talking about R. Kelly, 
That's right. Um, of course, you know, he's in the news again. Um, uh, charges again have been brought against him. Child pornography charges. Um, there's a whole slew of um, uh, legal trouble that uh, uh, singer R. Kelly uh, is currently involved in. And um, he is um, just in a, a world of trouble. And um, recently, his crisis manager uh, just had a interview with uh, Dale King, crisis manager Daryl Johnson, um, he who, who has been um, his basically his spokesperson in the media, um, fielding questions and defending R. Kelly's credibility in the media. But he made a surprising uh, uh, statement in an interview with uh, Gail King, who we referred to uh, earlier, and I want to share that with you. In a surprising interview, according to CBS Morning, uh, R. Kelly. Kelly's crisis manager, Daryl Johnson, told King how the singer is doing in jail and revealed his personal opinions about the artist. Johnson, who, according to USA Today, is a part of Kelly's inner circle, sat down with King on Monday following the singer's arrest and jailing on July the 11th. Kelly is being held without bond at Chicago's Federal Metropolitan Correctional Center for indictments in Illinois and New York. In a tweet, CBS this morning noted that the singer will appear in court next month in Brooklyn to face 18 sex criminal charges, including child pornography. But the surprising um, uh, statement that uh, Kelly's crisis manager, Daryl Johnson, uh, revealed to um, uh, journalist uh, Gail King, he indicated to her that he would not uh, ever allow his daughter uh, to be alone with the singer R. Kelly. What? <laughs> That's right, guys. You heard it here first. In so many words, he said to Gail um, that uh, he would never allow his daughter uh, to be alone with the singer R. Kelly. And um, we find that very surprising, especially given the fact that this crisis manager has been uh, vehemently denying and um, defending R. Kelly's credibility in the media. Uh, and uh, here he expressed to uh, Gail King uh, that he would not allow his own daughter uh, to be alone with the singer R. Kelly. So what does that really tell you about uh, what's really going on? Well, we have a bit of breaking news for you. Um, according to CNN, uh, R. Kelly's crisis manager, Daryl Johnson, has stepped down for what he's calling personal reasons, he said in a text to CNN. Uh, according to uh, Daryl Johnson, he said, Mr. Kelly is in good hands with Mr. Greenberg. Um, bit of breaking news in conjunction with uh, this story about uh, Mr. Johnson's interview on CBS this morning with Gail King when he said, I would not leave my daughter 
or anyone that's accused of being a pedophile. What do you guys think of that? Wow. (laughs) You know, he makes this statement and then all of a sudden he steps down. You know, do you think that's a coincidence? I don't think so. (laughs) A lot of things going on right here. Bit of breaking news on this edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. So uh, there must be uh, some truth uh, to the allegations that he is uh, holding young women against their will. And um, many of them have been brainwashed and uh, they're under some kind of um, uh, mental uh, control by the singer. Um, There's uh, two young ladies who... um, are you know vehemently denied they're um, staying with uh, the singer apparently and um, they're supposed to be his living girlfriends and they uh, vehemently deny uh, their abuse and misuse by the singer um, but <clears throat> many believe that they are under some kind of mind control uh, some kind of uh, psychosis of some type uh, by the singer so uh, this uh, out, this declaration from the crisis manager, uh, Daryl Johnson, uh, is very surprising coming from someone who is not only this man's spokesperson, uh, but has been defending him uh, in the media. So, you know, I guess we can take that for what it is worth. <laughs> very, very interesting uh, statements coming out of the Kelly camp. So we'll be keeping an eye on that like to know what your thoughts are about that as well if you haven't um uh, seen this article you can go to our thinking out loud facebook fan page at facebook.com forward slash thinking out loud radio show you'll be able to see the article uh there uh from cbs morning and um uh, read the information about what that singer uh what the uh crisis manager uh indicated um uh, with uh, in her, in his interview with Gail King. Also, Huggies is in the news. We know that they are the um, the uh, company that uh, makes diapers and uh, all kinds of um, uh, accessories for uh, new and expecting moms. And uh, they are recently have have been recently in the news. Um, because uh, they are featuring a black father on packaging for the first time in company's history. Wow, what an amazing uh, thing that they have done. And packaging uh, for Huggies is um, uh, now has a black father with a black uh, son on their black baby. Huggies Diapers has broken new ground with the release of its first ever packaging featuring a black father according to blavity.com for the first time in 41 years a black father will finally be seen loving and taking care of his child front and center on the packages of the new special delivery line usa today reports the images were unveiled on july the 8th as part of a new diversities push we're so um very very uh happy to um to see this um from a uh company like huggies who um you know usually puts um you know uh white uh uh you know mothers and fathers um and children on their 
uh, packaging uh, historically, and this is the first time they've ever done this. And I think this really, um, you know, this story really goes well with uh, the theme of this show, uh, giving how we're dealing with um, the subject of when they see us. And, um, you know, historically, we have been seen in a negative light uh, when it comes to um, fatherhood and parenthood and um, th- those types of things. And so for um, a company like Huggies to celebrate uh, fatherhood um, in, in a, you know, in the black community, I think is um, is really a great, uh, great thing for us to see, uh, you know, and really helps to. Um, to show uh, the positive side of black fatherhood in the black community and across uh, the entire country. You know, I'm just really, um, I was really impressed with this. And, uh, you know, uh, these, it really just shows again that, um, uh, that, that there, that we are a multifaceted uh, people you know, uh, we, we there are definitely many layers to us as a community, and uh, to see uh, this company uh, identify with one of those layers being Black fatherhood, and to want to celebrate that, I think is noteworthy, and and um, definitely should be uh, applauded and recognized. So our hats are off to Huggies on today. We truly appreciate their. Uh, what they're doing uh, to highlight black fatherhood and it's definitely um, a big component in the black community, even though, uh, you know, we obviously have our our issues with, um, you know, fatherhood and uh, single parent uh, homes uh, in within our community. Uh, but I, I truly appreciate that because we need to see more of those types of in- images within our own community and those images need to be seen even outside of our community I think um, dads again of different races according to Blavity will be seen on the campaign however Huggies hopes to challenge stereotypes that claim black fathers are not present in their children's lives the positive images uh, a CDC study from 2013 has been instrumental in dispelling racist notions about, about black fathers but representation is still needed and we truly agree with that and uh, more images like these need to be seen uh, within and outside of our community so kudos to Huggies uh, for uh, doing this and it's truly appreciated And finally, we want to, um, you know, uh, shed some light on the NAACP convention. The 110th convention is taking place right here in the beautiful city of Detroit, Michigan. It started on July 18th of, um, uh, uh, of course, and uh, is running all the way through Wednesday, July the 24th. And a lot of great events have been taking place and going on uh, all the way from, again, July the 18th through July the 24th. There have been uh, amazing slew of speakers and uh, sessions and uh, events that have been taking place throughout uh, the week. And uh, it will be culminating with a presidential forum that's taking place um, 
on Wednesday morning at 9.30 a.m. You're going to have 16, I believe, of the 20 candidates uh, that will be on the stage doing this presidential forum. Uh, Joe Biden, former vice president, Cory Booker, Senator Cory Cory Booker, Mayor Peter Buttigieg, um, Julian Castro, former U.S. Secretary of Housing and Urban Development, Senator Kamala Harris, uh, Amy, uh, Senator Amy Klobuchar, uh, former member of the United States House of Representatives, uh, Better O'Rourke, uh, Senator Bernie Sanders, uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren, um, former Massachusetts Governor Bill Weld, and um, former U.S. Representative John Delaney will all be there. And I believe this is going to be moderated by White House correspondent and CNN political analyst April Ryan. This looks to be a um, uh, a great event, a great opportunity for you to see the presidential candidate candidates uh, right here in the city of Detroit. Um, uh, I think it's going to be a great event, actually. And uh, to get information about how you can attend, go to NAACP convention dot org, dot org. And uh, I'm looking to uh, see how we can get in there as well. Um looking for that opportunity as well as of course um the presidential debates are coming up july 30th and 31st again right here in the beautiful city of detroit at the fox theater that's right 20 of the presidential candidates will be on the stage 10 each night um and um we'll we'll again looking to try to get in there as well uh you know these are uh, great opportunities for us to uh, see these candidates up front and personal um, to talk about their policies, talk about um, what's going on in this country and how uh, we need to fix things and definitely how we need to uh, get rid of the current occupant of uh, the <laughs> 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. So uh, definitely want to bring these things to your attention. Uh, if you're not aware, uh, this is going to be uh, um, you know, a very eventful couple of weeks right here in the city of Detroit with the NAACP convention that is uh, uh, actually coming to a close uh, within the next couple of days. And uh, of course, the presidential candidate forum is coming up on Wednesday, uh, July the 24th at 9.30 a.m. And, of course, the presidential debate hosted by CNN is going to be taking place on uh, July the 30th and 31st right here at the Fox Theater. And uh, to get information about how to attend uh, that event, you go to uh, the Democratic uh, National Convention's website, and they're going to be um, doing a lottery for tickets, I believe, there. Uh, So you can go there to find out how you can uh, to how can you how you can um, possibly get a ticket to get in there? I know if you waited this late, like I have, <laughs> you might not be able to get in. But um, keep your fingers crossed, and never know what might happen. Uh, but we uh, put our information in. Hopefully, uh, we'll get some kind of notification that we will um, we might be able to get in there. We'll definitely keep you posted. Um, 
you know, if we were able, if we're able to get into either one of these events, you will definitely be the first to know. Well, that was the July 23rd edition of the What Are You Thinking About segment where we talk about what you are thinking about. And uh, if you have any questions or comments about anything we discussed during this segment or for that matter, anything we discussed during this entire show, email us at contact at michaelnemons.com or add us at TOL Radio Host MSN on Instagram and Twitter or our show Instagram and Twitter accounts at the TOL Radio Show or TOL Radio Show. And um, if you forget all that, just go right to our Thinking Out Loud show page at michaelnemons.com. You can leave us a comment there or even on our Facebook fan page, the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We love to hear from you. Love to get your comments and feedback about anything we discuss on the show. Well, we're going to take our first break of the night. When we come back, we're getting right into part two of our discussion of When They See Us with my good friend, attorney and pastor, Boyd White. You don't want to go anywhere. You're tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. You're tuned in to the thinking out loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Hi, my name is Maya, and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with radio show host and my daddy, Michael Nimmons. You better listen to that little girl. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you were you to believe? Who told you that you were naked? It's a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. 
Miss the Show, featuring speaker, author, and life coach, Daryl Woods Jr. Uh, serving 29 years or so, Daryl Woods Jr. was one years old when his dad went to prison. So, Daryl, I want to know from you, how has your father's life impacted your life and your career? Catch it on iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Spotify. In a, in a huge way, my dad has been in prison since when I was one years old. Uh, children with their parents that are incarcerated like five times more likely to go to prison and, you know, kind of repeat the same things that they, their parents did. So, but in this case, it's, you know, it's totally opposite. Um, although my dad wasn't necessarily present in my life, he did have a tremendous presence in my life. And Help you get the refund you never thought you could. They did it for me. Let them do it for you. Call Consumer Tax Clinic at 248-395-0078. That's 248-395-0078. Or visit their website at ConsumerTaxClinic.com. That's ConsumerTaxClinic.com. Consumer Tax Clinic, a tax service designed with you in mind. We are back on another edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show, and we're going to get right into the second part of our discussion of director Ava DuVernay's Emmy-nominated docuseries entitled When They See Us. Check it out. And... And to add, you know, to add to what you're saying, you know, and I, I, I agree that, you know, there are some because essentially what I hear you saying is that because you, you're able to see it from both sides as a, you know, as an attorney uh, working with some good people uh, that that are part of this this system that, you know, um, in some respects is broken or as Ava DuVernay says, uh, is designed to do what is 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 been designed to do uh there are good people that are working in the system and everybody isn't bad and 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 there are some bad apples uh in that bunch um and so you know i i i'm like you i see it from both sides but um you know here lately i'm starting to agree with uh director uh ava that this system is designed uh, to do exactly what it's been designed to do, and that is to lock up our young black boys and black men. And it is so unfortunate 
uh, that that you know, we even have to have this conversation uh, in this you know uh, about this subject. But again, I, again, I think it's a very important conversation for us to have. Um, I know you are enjoying. I hope you are enjoying our discussion of. Uh, the Netflix docu-series by Ava DuVernay entitled When They See Us. Um, I'm, I'm so happy to have my good friend um, uh, Boyd White with us on the line, pastor and attorney. And um, I'm telling you guys, in, even in our discussion, we are really just scratching the surface of this powerful docu-series. We recommend highly that you take some time and view it for yourself View it for yourself. We've even uh, were compelled to write a blog about it because uh, there was just so much that I needed to to put down on paper. So you can go to michaelnemons.com and read our blog. People are reading it now, and I hope that you will even leave us a comment. Let us know what your thoughts are about this powerful docu-series uh, produced and directed by uh, Ava DuVernay. You know, uh, Boyd, I want to ask you over the weekend, you kind of alluded to this, uh, Donald uh, Trump or Chump, uh, that's who I refer to him as, uh, you know, an important antagonist in this Central Park Five story uh, because he put out the, this this $82,000 ad in the New York Times or the Post to basically recommend that if the white jogger uh, dies, then those five young black boys should be executed. This same man who is now the president of these United States um, uh, tweeted out over the weekend, uh, so interesting to see progressive Democrat congresswomen who now, uh, who originally came from countries whose governments are a complete and total catastrophe, the worst, most corrupt, and inept anywhere in the world if they even have a functioning government at all, now loudly and viciously telling the people of the United States, the greatest and most powerful nation on the earth, how our government is to be run. Why don't they go back and help fix the totally broken and crime-infested places from which they came? Then come back and show us how. He's referring to four young congresswomen from uh, one is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez from New York Ayanna Presley, Massachusetts Rashida Tlaib 13th District right here in Michigan and uh, Elan Omar in Minnesota I want to know what your thoughts are about not just him but about these racist comments that he tweeted out over the weekend I think that when I think about racism, I think one of the problems we have in, in trying to respond to it or in responding to it is that we don't have the right narrative or metaphor to describe it. We act like racism in America is, is this huge, surprising wrong that is inflicted from time to time by bad people. And because of that fact, we, we almost let people off the hook who feel like 
they're not those kind of bad people. I'm going to get to what I think about this in a second, but I got to say it. So to me, though, racism in America is like if you took a foundation of a building and you pour poison into this foundation or, or a yard, if you had to, like, sow some crops, and you took poison and poured it all into the ground, every single crop that comes up out of that ground for as long as that poison's in the ground is going to come up deformed. Or if you took a body, like I was reading about the um, HIV virus, how they have a cocktail you can take that will minimize the role of the virus, but it won't necessarily eliminate it. You have to stay on the cocktail. That has to be inhibited by something because something has happened to one's to one physiological makeup that this virus now lives there. The law, uh, 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 racism in America is like a virus. It's like that poison in the ground. It's like that, that disease that was contracted at the inception of this nation. And the law is the thing, it's the cocktail we have to continually take to keep the effects of that virus down. It's always there, though. It's always chasing us. And so what happens is from time to time in American history, the virus starts to, to get immune to whatever laws were inhibiting it. So you see that through Jim Crow. Jim Crow, first you had the black codes, then they were they became Jim Crow. Then you had the Civil Rights Act of 1964. You had laws that kept trying to inhibit racism, and racism would just change, just like a virus does, or just like some invasive species that does it. So right now, we're in the latest iteration of this horrific virus called racism, and Donald Trump is simply doing what he's just, he's simply acting in accordance with that virus in American history. It's what white people with power do. They use their power to subjugate people of color, you know. And so to me, I think I'm more outraged at the fact that people aren't calling this for what it is, you know, than I am at him. He's doing what he's supposed to do. But I will tell you this, if people don't start standing up to this, this is going to become more and more blatant. Because again, we're not that far from 1964. You know, we're not far from, bro, we're, we're what, we're, we're 50 years from that. That's nothing in the context of time. You know, my great-great-grandfather was born in 1885. His father was a slave. I was raised by a man, my father, who was raised by his, great, by his grandfather, whose father was a slave. So I learned slave mentality growing up in my house. I got whooped by the, with an extension cord. I got whooped with a switch. Where do you think that came from? That stuff, we learn those types of things in slavery. What am I saying? This stuff is not as far away from us as we think it is. Will, will we be enslaved again? No, we won't be enslaved again. But will you have a society where people are outright calling us niggers? Yes, that could very well happen. Because what happens mm. is the law has to be enforced by somebody. So what happens when the people who are tasked with enforcing the law decide that they don't want to do it anymore? What do you have? The Central freaking Park Five. So, so Donald Trump is doing what he's supposed to do. We got to do what we're supposed to do as people who are on the side of the cocktail trying to inhibit the virus of racism in this country. And we need to stand up and we need to go vote in November to let our voices be heard. Absolutely. I know you are enjoying our discussion 
of the uh, powerful and impactful docu-series on Netflix entitled When They See Us. I'm just so happy to have my good friend and brother attorney and pastor Boy White with us on the line with us on tonight and he's just given us some powerful insights into what we as a community need to do uh, to um, you know to, to, to stand up and, and respond to uh, this racist uh, occupant of the of the White House as uh, Congressman Ayanna Presley said on uh, uh, said during a press conference regarding um, the racist comments he made towards uh, these four Congress women, and so again, I am um, you know just you know we're, we're really having a I think a great discussion about this and it's one that definitely needs to be had you know um uh boyd i want to know uh from you what what advice you know i want you to put your lawyer's hat on um you know what advice would you give young boys and and young men uh you know when they engage the police what advice would you give them you know, when they're being pulled over by the police, they're driving or, you know, and, and um, you know, we've seen the pr- police brutality videos. We've seen uh, them circulating on social media. I'm sure you've all seen them as well. And, you know, I have um, uh, my thoughts about them. I'm sure you have yours. And, you know, every time I see them, I'm enraged. And, you know, I, 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 I'm wondering, you know, uh, you know, is this, you know, are these are these policemen who are in blue uniforms uh, actually should be wearing white uniforms, if you know what I mean, uh, because of how they are treating these young black boys and young black men? I want to know from you, what are your uh, what, what what advice would you give uh, our young boys and, and young men? Uh, as they engage the police uh, in this um, in this day and time? That's a great question. I, I want to start off by saying I'm not a victim blamer. I'm not going to say that, for example, in the Central Park 9 case, if those boys had behaved differently toward the police, then nothing should have happened. I'm not, nothing would have happened, excuse me. I'm not going to let the police off the hook by in any way saying that, you know, don't do things to provoke them, you know, as if to say they're not supposed to control themselves. But I will, let me back up, because that's not, that's not fair. You know, they have jobs to do. They have the law to uphold. And we should hold them accountable no matter how people act in their custody. You know, you have an obligation as an officer of the law to, maintain a level of decorum and uphold the law because you have so much power. With that said, the reality is our, our people, children, men, and women for that matter, you know, Sandra Bland, right, you know, are, are being murdered. Um, and in instances where behavior could make a difference, I think, number one, And this, again, is supported by some of my criminal defense attorney friends. You know, again, my brother Mike Carter, especially, you know, one needs to be deferential. You know, that doesn't mean you need to shuck and jive. That doesn't mean 
you need to in any way disrespect or, or take down your standard of respect when you engage the police, but you should be deferential to them. You should be respectful like you would anybody else, you know? I mean, the other side to this I don't like is when I see pictures of people going crazy, you know, at the police. It's not just the police, it's anybody. It's any authority figure. You shouldn't be disrespectful to anyone. You should understand, however, that this is a very serious situation. You should understand that um, they mean what they say when they say, you know, anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. And any statement that you make to, to the police is an admission that comes in against you. Um, if you were to ever go to trial, it could be used against you in a confession, you know. So those are the things you need to be careful of. You should be careful of what you say. Um, you know, they're going to ask you certain questions. Um, I think you should answer questions as long as you don't incriminate yourself, and that's the law. You know, I hear my church people saying, well, why wouldn't, if I did something wrong, I should just admit to it. No, you should follow the law, and the law gives you the, the right against self-incrimination. You don't have to make a statement that incriminates yourself. You have a right to be silent. You know, we know a scripture, um, Pastor Nimmin, study to be quiet. We should follow that scripture when the, when the police come. Study to be quiet. You know, understand the situation that you're in. Um, you know, don't incriminate yourself. And I think, um, you know, some of the questions you'll get from the police are, can I search your car? And the answer should be no. That you have a right to tell them, no, you can't search my car. And so then they'll come back and say, well, we'll get a warrant. Good, get a warrant. We'll keep you here. Fine. That, that's your right. Know that's your right. Well, we'll bring the dog. Fine, I'm not afraid of dogs. You know, I'm from Detroit. I'm not afraid of dogs, you know. So, so you have a right to, you have, you have the right to assert your rights. I just think they should be done very deferential, very respectfully. Because on the other hand, look at their standpoint. You know, again, I see it from both sides. These police officers, I have family members who are police officers. They want to go home at night. And they're human beings. They don't know you, you know. And you start acting in a way that is threatening. Um, it, it puts them in a frame of mind that you don't want them to be in. So I'm, I, I'm about me first. I'm not going to let you hurt me. I uphold some duty I have. My duty is to my family. As, I, as I've heard from many police officers, I'm going home tonight. If, if somebody... If, if anybody in this situation going home, it's going to be me, you know. So, so keep it deferential. Maintain your decorum. Maintain your respect. Know your rights before you get into a situation. You know, I'm an advocate for, you know, you know I'm, I need to, I'm intellectually an advocate for martial arts. I need to get, take a class or something, you know. And eventually I'm going to get around to taking a class. I want to take a class and get my children a martial arts class. You want to know what to do under pressure when you're right. So they're top of mind. Because when your adrenaline is pumping and, that, and all of the moisture leaves your mouth and your tongue cleaves to the roof of your mouth and you're scared and you're shaking and you're hyperventilating, it's hard to think then. You need to know your rights before you get into that situation. How do I learn my rights? Talking to my millennials, postmoderns, y'all got the Internet. You can go online today and do a search about what your rights are so that you won't be in a situation where you don't know what they are. And then with all that said, understand that you, you could still be in a situation like the Central Park Five, you know. So some of it for a lot of us growing up in the cities like Detroit is seeing trouble way down the road, you know. It's a certain time to come home at night. Is it right? Is it, is it right? No, but that's the way it is. 
certain areas I should I don't I don't find myself in. This is how we grew up. Certain parties I'm not going to. You know, it's just like I I see people, mostly kids, who I, it'll be kids, bro, on Eight Mile. You you know, you and I are from Detroit. For those of us that are from Detroit, it's one of our major streets. Doesn't have a lot of lighting. I see children that will run across one side of Eight Mile to the middle, and they'll run across. And Eight Mile is like a freeway. They don't know what it's like. They don't know what it means to get hit by a car 40, 50 miles an hour. You're going to die. You know, you playing chicken with a car that fast, I'm just going to run across the street. You won't have a face. You know, this is serious. You know, so that reminds me when Jesus was being tempted by the devil. He said, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Why would you tempt some of this stuff? I'm going to get up in the police's face and spit on them and say all kinds of stuff. Remember, that's a human being, bro. That's not a robot. This is not a video game. You know what I'm saying? Be respectful. Know your rights, you know, have a cell phone ready, you know, you know, let people know where you are. You know what I'm saying? All the survival skills you would use, you used to use them in those situations. You don't have to, to break down again and, and shuck and jive and what we, you know, cooning basically, but you need to know your rights. That's what I'm, that's my position. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. This the show featuring artistic director for the Detroit Youth Choir, Anthony White. What was going through your mind when Terry Crews interrupted the judges voting? I mean, they were just getting ready to vote, and then Terry Crews comes in and interrupts the judges. Catch it on iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Spotify. So when he came out, he said, you know, I see every last person in this choir in, in myself. When he said that, I knew that he was about to do something out the box. He said, I got to do this. He went down and he slammed. It, everything was in slow motion, just like you said. That, I mean, whatever y'all saw, that was real. <laughs> it was just, like, unbelievable. You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked, keep it locked, keep it locked. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. Have you purchased Michael Nimmons' new book entitled Vision? It is definitely a bestseller in the making. This book is full of positive insights on vision from people like President Barack Obama, Nelson Mandela, and Dr. Miles Monroe. Michael Nimmons offers a riveting and thought-provoking perspective on how spiritual vision transcends both natural and mental vision and propels you to your place of destiny and purpose in God. It is definitely a must-have. Just $20 for hard copy and $3.99 in ebook format. Available online everywhere books are sold. Get your copy today. Actress Kiana Smith, the Detroit Filmmaker Award nominee, and you are listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Michael Nimmons. The Thinking Out Loud radio show. 
giving voice to issues that matter to you. I hope you're enjoying part two of our discussion of when they see us with my friend and brother, attorney and pastor Boyd White. Let's get back into this powerful interview. Has given us regarding uh, this question of how should young boys and young men engage the police? Um, you know, and I, I, as I said earlier, you know, you see the videos and, you know, yes, they are disturbing. And one thing that really stands out in my mind is, um, you know, I, and I'm and again, we're not trying to paint um, uh, either side with a broad brush uh, because we're calling this show black and blue. Uh, the discussion of when they see us and, uh, you know, we don't want to paint uh, the the uh, black uh, community with a broad brush. Neither do we want to do the same with uh, with the blue community uh, either, because I believe they are uh, definitely um, most of them are good police, and they are just some bad apples in that bunch. And then there are some uh, bad black people. You know, we have to admit that as well. We don't always make the right decisions. We don't always act even in our best interest um you know the first thing i i think of when i when i when i think of that question uh when you're pulled over by the police you don't try to adjudicate uh a case with the police on the street that is not the place uh to 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 handle uh that that those kinds of matters that's why you know i i, I appreciate what uh, attorney boyd said to um uh to 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 be respectful deferential have that that demeanor that disposition uh which means that you know you you know your rights but you're also respectful of the police understanding that uh you know when they're wrong uh you have an advocate you're able uh to take your case uh to the court and uh, you, you can even take it to their superior uh, if they have uh, have wronged you in some way. You can always uh, go to your local police station, uh, wherever that city is that you have been accosted or arrested or what have you. And you can take that to their superior because they have someone that they answer to as well. So. Um, my big thing is you should not try to adjudicate uh, uh, your uh, innocence or guilt or what have you on the streets with the police because they they have the guns. They're the ones in the authority position. And so you have to uh, understand your role in that particular instance. And uh, but I also appreciate what Attorney White said was knowing your rights. You have to know what your rights are. And and many times the misunderstanding for most of us is we don't know what our rights are. So we're just making things up on the fly and we don't know what we're doing. 
Uh, so, uh, you know, it, it, this is definitely a, an important conversation uh, that we should have. And again, I, I'm so glad to have my good friend uh, on the line with us on tonight. And we just have a couple more questions before we, we wrap this interview. But I have one that uh, I, I really want to, to get your thoughts on because, you know, uh, when you think about uh, what uh, Director Ava DuVernay decided to, to, in, to title this docuseries, When They See Us, When They See Us. We all know who the they is and we all know who the us is. And and so uh, that being said, we know the connotations and the implications and all of the things that go along with uh, the pronoun they and us and who they are and who we are and why they see us or or what they see when they see us. I want to know from you. Uh, Boyd uh, do we as a a black community share in any culpability or accountability to how they see us or is this completely one group's problem Hmm. that's a deep question once you have an understanding of the way people are perceiving your actions. Once you have that understanding, you become responsible for your decision to continually perpetuate that. So I think that's an issue definitely that we have. Um, But on the other hand, I think that there has to be a distinction made between the when is it when they see us when I'm walking down the street in a neighborhood that I have a right to live in and I'm not doing anything wrong I'm just being myself a black man I grew up in Detroit um, or is it or is it when they see us when we're you know deciding to inflict violence upon other people when is the when I think my issue is more often than not they're taking situations when they've seen us typically secondhand or when they've heard about us typically through hearsay and they apply that to situations when they see us in circumstances that are in no way related situations that they've seen that they've that they've seen secondhand social media tv or heard secondhand that's the issue and then at what point then am i do i need to be worried about every single stereotype that exists as a black man in america and i don't think that's the case so on a certain level so so in that context the answer is no i'm not culpable for you know for example i work in a predominantly white law firm i'm not culpable or responsible for the way some, you know, person who never has worked with a black lawyer has never been around a black person in their life, the the the, the um, judgment call they make about me because sometimes I say y'all, you know, that was one of my great revelations. We had this big issue about the way we use the black vernacular in public, and you know, growing up in Detroit, 
we we speak with a it's kind of a southern accent in a way, and we say things like y'all and what's up, how you doing, and 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 for a black man just coming into corporate America, I was counseled early on not to talk like that. Man, I remember when my firm, Mike, they merged with a southern white firm from Dallas. Partners got on the line one day talking about y'all because he's from Dallas, he can say y'all, but me being from Detroit. Y'all means something, means that I'm unintelligent, you know, false merit, you know, re- related barrier you placed in front of me to keep me out of certain rooms. It's not even real. And so to me, that's the thing I would, I would really want to focus more on is how we buy into the way they see us and believe that the way they see us is the way we need to be seen in order to get to a certain goal. And that is not true. These things, these are these are invisible barriers. They they're not even they're not they didn't have to, to jump over them. It's like when Jesus talked about the Pharisees. You got people jumping through all these hoops and you never jump through. You know what I'm saying? So the answer for me ultimately is is no. But there should be some yeah sensibility about you know about walking into everybody want to talk about interviews and you know not having your pants sagging and all that kind of stuff. That's just common sense. That's not what we're talking about. If that's what people want to talk about, that's, not, that's a stupid conversation. No, you, you don't want your daughter marrying somebody that looks like a fool. I'm not talking about if you look like a fool, meaning you don't, you don't understand the different context that you're in. I'm talking about somebody who is authentically expressing an aspect of themselves. You know, you know for example, women now are wearing natural hair. What, there's nothing wrong with natural hair. You know, men wearing dreadlocks in the in the work. What is wrong with dreadlocks? How was that in any way associated with criminality or or violence? You know, so that's my that's my answer to that. No. You're tuned in to the thinking out loud radio show. giving voice to issues that matter to you. Mr. Show, featuring candidate for Warren City Council, Melody McGee. I want you uh, to uh, talk to us on tonight about why you think it's so very important for us to vote. Catch it on iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Spotify. I'm glad you're talking about that and bringing that up because that's one of the most important things that I'm trying to accomplish here in the city of Warren. You know, our vote is our voice. And we're trying to we're trying to make history here in the city of Warren. In the city of Warren, there has never, never been a minority in political office. And so we need to make sure that our voice is heard. Don't give up on our system because your voice can make a difference. It can make changes for our future. You're tuned in to the Three Out Loud Radio Show. Keep it locked. Keep it locked. Keep it locked. It's their birthday. They need a gift for that special someone. Then call KCN Designs and sit back and smile. KCN Designs specializes in custom-made all-occasion baskets that are sure to make that special someone smile. Call KCN Designs today at 248-820-3691. That's 248-820-3691 and order 
your custom basket today. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. I hope you enjoyed our discussion of when they see us with my good friend and brother, attorney and pastor Boyd White. Let's hear the conclusion of this empowering and inspiring interview. All right, all right. I know you are enjoying our discussion uh, and have enjoyed our discussion uh, about the Netflix docuseries uh, When They See Us. I'm just enjoying chopping it up with my good friend, attorney and pastor Boyd White. And as we get ready to wrap this interview, I want you to put your pastor's hat on because, you know, um, we've talked a lot about the problem. We've talked a lot about, uh, you know, the docu-series and the problem of police brutality and and the impact of it in our community. And, you know, I think it's time for us. And, you know, we uh, this is not the only discussion uh, that's being had or been had or will be had about the problem of 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 uh, police brutality in the black community or the problems uh, that uh, our black uh, people are being faced with uh, in this day and in this time. I think. Uh, you know, sometimes we might spend more time talking about the problem rather than uh, the solution. So I want you to put your pastor hat on uh, and I want to know from you as we get ready to wrap this interview on tonight. What role does the church play in helping us to build bridges between the police and the black community? You know, that's a great question because I'm thinking about the docu- the movie and the absence of the church. Now, this could have been a purposeful omission by Ava DuVernay, but let's assume for the sake of argument that it was accurate and accurately reflected the players at the time. I, there was a pastor that helped to, I think it was Yusef when his mother went to got, get him, there was a pastor that referenced some fund and that we have, we're standing with you. But for the most part, the church was silent. That is not uncommon and an uncommon narrative you hear about the black church in particular throughout the civil rights movement. Now you say, well, wait a minute, boy, wait a minute. Dr. King, Southern Christian Leadership Council. Yeah, there was an, a very activist arm of the black church that was very involved in the civil rights movement. But historians will tell you that there was a much larger segment of the black church that remained silent, particularly the black Pentecostal church that you and I are both, are both related to in, in different ways, but definitely related to. And so I think the question becomes number one, why? I don't know if I could speak for, and I won't try to speak for what the church was like in the 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s, 
or for that matter, early 2000s. But I, will, I do want to speak to the role the church is playing today because, because I, have no, I have no pity or, or, or mercy on young, particularly black pastors, preachers, elders, leaders who do not understand the role and the relevance of theology and philosophy through the church to the issues that are plaguing our communities. I despise pastors who preach messages like we're in 1965, which we're basically, what, two generations out of slavery, still dealing with a dichotomy of church where church was really, it was its own survival mechanism. The church was still trying to mature into itself. So I could kind of give them a pass. Now, after Malcolm X, now after Dr. King, now after all of the things we know, now I do not. Now the church has to become a frontline leader in the New Age civil rights movement for black people. And so now, right, the civil rights movement in many ways has been, um, has been, Co-opted is not the right word, but it's been adopted by, by people, and we have new civil rights issues now in this generation. But I'm here to tell you that the number one civil rights issue in America right now today is still racial civil rights, particularly as it relates to black people. What Dr. W.E.B. Du Bois said in the early 20th century is the same today, that the color question will always be the number one question in America. So the church has to find its place in that discussion, and it has to stop dumbing its parishioners down by preaching a theology that is irrelevant and not caring about people if they're not Christian. The scripture says that God reigns on the just as well as the unjust. So so our theology has to be broad enough to say, I want to help everybody who needs help, whether they're black or white or gay, or straight, whatever. if they need help, we need to be there for them. Does that mean that I need to affirm them? No. I affirm what the Bible affirms. But the Bible would say that if somebody's getting their head busted unfairly, I'm not going to sit and ask you what your faith is, what your sexuality is. I'm going to say to this person, bust you upside the head, that you're wrong, and I'm going to stop you from doing that. And, until the ch- and as the church begins to embrace that we're with you mindset, we're going to struggle to be relevant in this new society. So, so, so solutions, I think, we need to, I think we need to be very intentional about using our, our influence in our communities to speak to these issues. Weaponize your influence. That's what I'm going to be preaching at our church over the next couple, couple of years. Church, all the members you have, we have churches full of thousands of members. What problem are they aimed at? It can't just be the saving of your soul. When you have in a community like Detroit, hundreds of stores that aren't owned by people that live here, gas stations not owned by people that live here, communities that are they're sucking money out and taking it to Oakland County, but we got all these churches preaching about us going to heaven on Sundays. There's got to be an agenda in our churches for these issues. So that's my thought. Wow. <laughs> Amen to that. Amen to that. I know you have enjoyed our interview with my good friend and brother, attorney and pastor Boyd White on tonight. We've just scratched the surface, guys. I know 
there's much more to discuss, much more ground to cover. But I think we got off to a great start with our discussion on tonight, uh, discussing uh, the Netflix docuseries, When They See Us. I'm so happy to have had him on the show with us on tonight. And before I let you go, Boyd, I want you to again share with our listeners about your church and how they can follow you on social media, how they can attend your church services, and uh, how they can keep up with all that you're doing. No, I really appreciate it. And first of all, bro, thank you, because I think, I don't think I know you're one of the leaders that I've just described. You you understand the intersection between theology and and politics, which is really an embracing of reality. So the fact that you have created this platform and you've taken a microphone and you're weaponizing your influence to aim it at something that's real and that is tangible, I appreciate you for that. And um, thank you for allowing me to be a part of, of this journey with you as a fellow thinker. Um, again, our church is the Arc Detroit in we're a church that, we're a simple church for complex people, but we're a church that believes in making a difference in the world around us, not just talking about a difference, but being people of substance. The scripture says, behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And so often as church people, we minimize that to, to, to mystical, spiritual things, but power speaks to substance. Power allows the Christian to be more than just a hearer of the word, but to be a doer. And if you're a person looking for a place that is encouraging people of substance, people who weaponize their influence, then the Arc Detroit is just for you. One seven four hundred Second Avenue in the beautiful city, not of Southfield, not of uh, Redford, not of Royal Oak. We're in the beautiful city of Detroit, and we're not in Detroit to save Detroit. Because Detroit is already saved. We're in Detroit to be a part of what God, of what God is already doing. So we start our services at 2 o'clock right now on Sunday. I want you to come out and join us. We're not a large congregation, but we're a growing congregation. And we're excited about what the Lord is doing. Shout out to my wife, Kyra White, all of my children. Again, um, Pastor Marvin Miles, the home pastor, Bishop Ellis, Mike Nimitz, pastor, to this wonderful show. I'll see you on the next time. Well, there you have it, guys. We have truly enjoyed uh, my good friend, attorney and pastor Boyd White being on for being on uh, the Thinking Out Loud radio show with us on tonight. I truly, truly appreciate him and his friendship and all that God is doing for him. We pray that God will continue to take him to higher heights and deeper depths in him. We pray blessings upon uh, his new church family, the Ark of Detroit, and we hope you will stop by and see them sometime on Sundays at 2 p.m. Thank you again, Boyd, for being on the show with us on tonight, man, and may God continue to bless you. Amen, bro. Thank you. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. What's up? This is your brother, Boyd White III, pastor of the Ark Detroit, and you're listening 
to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. It's the show featuring legendary and iconic journalist Rochelle Riley. Pulitzer Prize winning journalist on tonight. I'm pinching myself at the same time. Just enjoying listening to her share uh, her experiences with you and with me. Catch it on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and now at MichaelNimmons.com. At the top of the list were two interviews with Barack Obama, one when he was a senator running for president and the other one in the Roosevelt Room outside the Oval Office, where I'm literally sitting across from, you know, our history's first African-American president. It, it doesn't get any better than that when you're a journalist. To Pastor Michael Nimmons and the Thinking Out Loud radio show for over 10,000 streams and downloads. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Spotify, and now available at michaelnimmons.com. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you were you to believe? Who told you that you were naked? It's a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. It's time, 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 for the Thinking Out Loud radio show, Thought of the Week.
As I considered the theme of tonight's show and I thought of the week, I began to think about a time when I became a victim of mistaken identity. I remember the summer after my first year in college while at home walking back from the store when I was mistaken by the police for a suspect they were looking for. A black young man who appeared to fit the profile of another black male who lived in the neighborhood. I remember feeling helpless in that moment laying face down on the ground while the police checked out my ID, not knowing what was going to happen next. A feeling of relief came over me once I was given the all clear and was able to stand up and continue on my way home. Those few minutes felt like an eternity. I was extremely grateful but also felt violated at the same time because I was not the one they were looking for. And yet for a moment there, they made me feel exactly like the one they were looking for. While my experiences does not nearly equate to what happened to the Central Park Five, I can certainly understand in some respects how it does feel to be misidentified by the police. As we conclude part two of our discussion of director Ava DuVernay's docuseries on Netflix entitled When They See Us, Here's some takeaways to consider as we look for some positives to glean from this horrific experience of the Central Park Five. First, we should never be ashamed of who we are as a people. We are brilliant, intelligent, and creative people, and we should never allow how others see us to define how we ultimately see ourselves. Secondly, our strengths are much greater than our weaknesses. What we've been through as a people, slavery, segregation, Jim Crow, marginalization, mass incarceration, the proliferation of drugs in our communities, the increase in, ho in homicide rate, police brutality, and the list goes on and on. What we are still yet going through as a people has shown us how strong we really are as a people. Our struggles continue to reveal our strengths. We must never forget that. Thirdly, never take our history for granted. Who we are is directly tied to who we were. Remember, those who do not know their history are doomed to repeat it. Fourthly, while we cannot control how others see us, we can control how we see ourselves. We mustn't forget the responsibility that we have to one another, to our community, and even to our forefathers to live up to the standards they have set for us to follow. And as much as we cannot use their false or stereotypical perceptions of us as justification for us not to strive to do and be better, the worst thing that we can do as a people is to allow mediocrity to become the new normal for people that always strive for excellence. And fifthly, from a practical standpoint, we have to know our rights as citizens of this country. Knowing our rights is the equivalent of taking ownership of where we live. Take some time to research what our basic rights are as citizens of this country. So when it comes time to engage the police, you can do so in a respectful and deferential manner, avoiding being belligerent, abrasive and overconfrontational to the point where you put your own life in jeopardy. Sixth, always strive to be your truest selves unapologetically and authentically. 
Remembering if they don't like who you are, then that's their problem, not yours. God knew what he was doing when he created you, and he did so intentionally and skillfully, just as King David declared, we were fearfully and wonderfully made, and my soul knoweth right well. And finally, this docuseries is a reminder that the struggle for justice continues. Even though the events of the Central Park Five took place some 30 years ago, these things are still happening in this day and in this time. So we should never forget the Trayvon Martins, the Mike Browns, the Eric Garners, the Tamir Rices, the Sandra Blands, the Laquan McDonalds, the Botham Shim Jeans, the E.J. Bradfords, and the countless others whose names may never get called, but whose lives matter just the same. We must continue to march, to fight, and to demand for justice for every American citizen, regardless of race, creed, color, ethnicity, or sexual orientation. We are all God's children, and if our lives matter to Him, then they should matter to the entire world. We must continue to fight, as Dr. King declared, until justice rolls down like waters and righteousness as a mighty stream. We must continue to fight until the prolific and poignant words of James Weldon Johnson's lift every voice and sing becomes the rallying cry for our people facing the rising sun of our new day begun. Let us march on till victory is one. give a special thanks to attorney and pastor Boyd White for being on the show with us on tonight. I truly appreciate his friendship as well as his insights he shared with us regarding this powerful docuseries When They See Us. Be sure to check out the Ark in Detroit. Their services are Sundays at 2 p.m. and they're located at 17400 2nd Avenue, Detroit, Michigan 482 and follow them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash arcdetroit.org. Thank you for tuning in to tonight's show. We truly, truly appreciate it. Remember to tune in next week. We're going to have another great show in store for you. And remember to tune in on Tuesday, August the 6th for our second anniversary show. We truly are excited about that two years of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. It is definitely a show you don't want to miss. I thank you again for all that you've done, all your support of us. We truly appreciate it. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Your support helps us to increase our exposure across the World Wide Web. And so until next time, always remember, if you can think it, you can believe it. If you can believe it, you can see it. If you can see it, you can be it. If you can be it, you can achieve it. The power rests within you. The mind is the most powerful muscle in your body. Use what you got. 
to get what you want. The power is in you. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast. Be sure to support all of our radio show partners. If you like the show, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. Want to book radio show host Michael Nimitz for a speaking engagement, book signing, or corporate event? Send an email to contact at michaelnimitz.com. Be sure to follow the show on all of its social media accounts on Instagram at the TOL Radio Show, on Twitter at TOL Radio Show, or on our Facebook fan page at www.facebook.com forward slash Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Are you an entrepreneur? Want to advertise? Become a Thinking Out Loud Radio Show partner and take advantage of our free and introductory advertising offers. Send an email to Thinking Out Loud Radio Show at gmail.com for more details. Visit the new home of the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show at www.michaelnemons.com forward slash TOL Radio Show. The Thinking Out Loud Radio Show, giving voice to issues that matter to you.